In today's show, we're looking back at the games from Tuesday, just the three games there, but doing some other deep dive stuff as well. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Calm. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm and get a 40% discount off a premium subscription. Go to Calm.com slash LockedOnNBA. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, low-volume day in the NBA. Still got stuff to talk about with the three games on, but it allows us to dive a little bit more into things like... Um, I request elaboration into Watfo, into the games in general, into the news. Let's crack in and do the news right now. You probably would have heard, because you might have seen the show I did earlier today. Evan Mobley is out for the next two to four weeks with an elbow sprain. That's not great news. Don't drop him, please. Do not drop him. I know it might be tough to deal with an absence for that long, but this is a top 50 potential player. You don't just drop those sort of guys. Um, you got to hold him. Luka Doncic is also out for at least one game. I would guess two to three, but we don't have a definitive timeline on that. Joe Harris is going to be out for a handful of games. He missed today's game, and he's going to be out a few more after that. He was already a 12-team drop, so you can move on there. Zion Williamson will be reevaluated on November the 24th. He's doing some um, five-on-five work now, which is great. I still don't expect him back until December, but he is being reevaluated on November the 24th. Bradley Beal is returning to action. That's positive. Damian Lillard has once again been listed as questionable. He missed the game on Tuesday, on Sunday, sorry. He played Monday, and now he's back questionable. Fingers crossed, he's okay. We had some updates on James Wiseman and Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson is doing five-on-five work for the first time yesterday. Wiseman is not. This does not mean that Clay is returning anytime soon. Still, the Christmas timeline appears to be accurate. But Wiseman was expected to maybe be back by Thanksgiving, which is what, 10 days away? If he's not doing five-on-five, I would expect December is more likely than end of November now for Wiseman. Van Gundy, uh, Stan Van Gundy was talking on the broadcast today how he doesn't think that Wiseman will even necessarily be in the rotation uh, when he does return, and I tend to agree with that. Um, I, I think they'll try to give him some minutes, but I don't think he's going to be this gigantic part and he's going to be chucked in as a starter straight away. He might get there eventually. I don't think that's going to be uh, something that, that uh, happens straight off for Jim Wiseman. So... Um, let's move on now. We're going to do a deep dive. I put these polls up on YouTube. This bloke won this one pretty handily. It's time for I Request Elaboration. I Request Elaboration. We are doing Chemezi Metu of the Sacramento Kings. Now, his numbers can be a little bit tough to judge because he's only been starting two games. He's only really played solid minutes for three. So let's look at what's happened over the last week, which is three games. He's the 97th ranked player. In fantasy, 110th in points leagues, averaging 26 fantasy points per game. And in the two starts, he's averaging 29 fantasy points per game. In those three games where he's been a part of the rotation, it's 26 minutes a night, 14.3 points, 7 rebounds, 0.3 assists, 0.7 steals, 0.7 blocks. 
And you look at that and go, oh, 14 and 7, he must be shooting crazily. No, he's not. 47 from the field, 38 from three, 83 from the line. Absolutely, completely reasonable numbers to expect him to continue. In fact, the one thing I'd look at and go, okay, well, he's so far he's hit 75% of his mid-range shots. That probably doesn't stick. But he's also finishing at 50% at the rim. So that can jump 20 percentage points very easily. He's, I think he just looks comfortable out there. He's a guy that I always liked coming out of the draft. His projections coming out of USC looked great. Didn't really get many opportunities in San Antonio. And then with a million centers that they brought in this year, you know, I thought he'd get buried. I think in the offseason, I did mention, I think he's a better player than Len and Cater and Damian Jones, but they're going to bury him. Well, now they're playing him at power forward, which is really interesting for where Metu can sit. So I look at all those numbers and I'm, I'm pretty intrigued by what they, what they could mean for this guy. Now, he actually is, in terms of the guys who are part of the rotation, he leads the Kings in on-off at plus 19.8. Now, he hasn't played 100 minutes yet, so it is low volume, right? The highest other guy is Mo Harkless at plus 2.6. Tristan Thompson's the next closest in minutes at 116. He's a negative 3.8. Now, there is Marvin Bagley and Damian Jones who are ahead in on-off. They've played 21 and 17 minutes combined. Not combined, respectively, is what I'm trying to say. So Metu's actually played a sizable role. That sort of on-off impact means 40 extra wins for a team. Now, he's not going to keep this up. This is very, very low-volume stuff. But it's encouraging that the fact that he's out there in those games, it's been massive for the Kings. Now, one of them was, of course, because he played against the Pistons and they kicked their ass. So we've got to, we do have to watch that. Raptor views him as the seventh um, best King. A king, Yeah, King, that's right. Best, seven best King on, uh, on the season behind... Barnes, Heald, Halliburton, Holmes. Nobody would be shocked there. Davion Mitchell, Mo Harkless. Interestingly, De'Aaron Fox is down the bottom of that list. Fox is a negative 3.6 on Raptor. Metu's a negative 1.4 with a big positive on offense and a big negative on defense. He's in the 44th percentile on EPM. That's not particularly great. He's 326th on Darko DPM. Again, that's not particularly great. But in terms of the change from this year... From the start of this year, how much his metrics on Darko looking forward have improved, he's at the 15th highest positive change. That's a huge, huge number. Darko, remember, takes past values into consideration and tries to project forward what happens. The fact that he's improved that much is huge. Now, still projecting him to be 326 in their metric, which is not a great number, but the fact that he has shown this much positivity, which they think is going to be um, perhaps real as we move forward, I think he's pretty big for Chemezi Metu. 14 and 7 is not, it's not an outrageous long-term expectation if he could play 29 minutes a night. I don't think that's, I don't think that's anything crazy at all to expect him to be able to do. I think that he should be added in all 12 team leagues. I think that you probably don't do it in a 10 team league, but I think we've got to look at it. I think he can block more shots than he currently is. He's only 0.7 per game. But he was at 1.4 per 36 last year and 2.1 the year before that. So he can block at least a shot per game, I would say. So there's room for room for that to be able to improve. Um, the shooting numbers, he's been 50% in each of the last two years. So there's room for that to improve. So he's finishing at the rim, needs to go up. I just think there's a lot to like as a... Think like a Marvin Bagley, right? Good points and rebounds guy, but block shots, good at free throws, and can hit threes, which Bagley can't do. So I'm I'm very interested in what he can do. 
don't we don't need to get too far ahead of ourselves. He's not blowing up into this great player. The advanced metrics are okay on him without you know they're not loving him 100%. But he's been in terms of EPM, he's been above um he's been above league average every game that he's been a part of, which is a huge positive, obviously, to be ahead of league average in every game. Not everyone does that. That's impressive. Um and there's room for there's room for improvement with him. So I'm really excited to see what he can do. Getting finally getting the opportunity, which he's never really had, to um, to show us what he's able to do. I think he's a 12 team league ad in um, in most situations. Very interested to see what Meto Metu can bring. And again, it's it's not one of those cases where like he's 97th in 26 minutes on not outrageous shooting and not outrageous block numbers. That that should give you a ton of hope. And his usage is at 20%. It's not high. This is There's no way I can look at this and go, well, there's no chance he continues this. Because there is a chance. There's a pretty big chance he can continue this. And that's useful. There's a chance he gets better than this. If he plays 30 minutes a night, 15 and 7 and a half, 1.3 blocks, that's absolutely possible. It's absolutely possible. So I think when we see someone with a good fantasy profile elevated into a starting role, We've got to go and grab him and see uh, see where it goes from there. If you are going to lose sleep over whether or not you grab Chemezi Metu, maybe you need something like Calm because it makes someone like LeBron James into King James. That's right. Sleep is the key to so much of LeBron's success and really any successful person needs to sleep. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, but you don't have to be a world champion to learn how to train it. Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, reduce your stress, and perform at your best. For LeBron, sleep is a critical part of his mental fitness routine. So if you head to calm.com slash LockedOnNBA, for a limited time, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium subscription. With Calm, you have access to the nature scenes that LeBron loves, like rain on leaves, and so much more like sleep stories and meditation, so you can be ready for any challenge that life throws your way. Again, for a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm and get a 40% discount on a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash LockedOnNBA. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's calm.com slash LockedOnNBA. Thanksgiving is just around the corner, and we know what that means. Family and lots of food. Delicious food, but high-calorie food packed full of calories and sugar. Why don't you start a new family tradition for Thanksgiving and bring Built Bar for dessert? Built Bar is the low-calorie dessert alternative protein bar. 130 calories only versus a slice of pie that's 400 plus. Get out of here. That is a no-brainer decision. We're all looking to make sure we can stay in shape in some way. And these are real, covered in real chocolate. They taste amazing. There are so many different flavors. And check back all through the month because there's going to be new ones released all the time. There's a new pumpkin flavor out there at the moment for Built Bar. So grab yourself boxes. Get them to your family gathering. Everyone can have them. Your auntie's going to love you. Your mum might look at you and go, Josh, what are you doing with the Built Bars? And I'm going to say, mum, it's the delicious new healthy dessert alternative. She's going to go, I guess you know best. And I'm going to say, absolutely. So go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15 and get yourself boxes. Boxes of Built Bars, the best tasting protein bar Ever. If you want to hear more about um, Chemezi Metu, you should check out Locked on Kings, hosted by Matt George, who uh, will have some very interesting stuff, I think, to say about uh, Chemezi. Get over there and listen to Locked on Kings. It is time now for Watfo. This one brought to us by Raphael Porat. Raphael says, What are the odds? What are the odds that DeMar DeRozan finishes this season as a top 15 fantasy player? 
He is currently the 15th ranked player this season. I think I put it at 20%. I think that might be high. DeRozan's been awesome. This stretch of usage with efficiency is not something that we'll be able to maintain for another 70, 65 games. So I would guess, I'll put the 20% there, I guess, because if he gets hurt out for the season, fingers crossed he doesn't, but if he gets hurt out for the season, he might just end up finishing top 15 because he's on this hot streak. Um, so I'm going to say 20% chance that he finishes in the top 15. I think probably a top 30, 35 finish is more likely than a top 15 finish. Drop your Watfo for the next show down below in the comments. We won't have one tomorrow because there's an 11 game day on, but drop it down in the comments below. Let's look at the top ads and drops in fantasy leagues over the last 24 hours. It is the main man, Shemezi Metu, up 33%. Everyone's jumping on board. Taylor Horton Tucker's up 25%. I think he's a 12-team league ad. It'd be really interesting to see what happens when LeBron's back, but LeBron's not back for Wednesday, so let's see what he does. Paddy Mills up 20%. I wouldn't be massively prioritizing Millsy. I think it's a good ad because he played today. Like, that was fine, but I'm not sure it's long-term great. Bruce Brown, again, a great ad for Tuesday with the low-volume games on. Uh, Monty Morris up 8% with Barton injured. We don't know if he's going to play on Wednesday. I know why I said injured like that. Um, if Barton is out for you know, more time, Morris is going to be worth it. Uh, Hartenstein, probably just a stream for today, but the Clippers have a great schedule this week, so he's fine to hold on to. Kobe White, people have added in 4.5% of leagues. Those 4.5% of leagues are wrong. And Devin Vassell, really interesting. With the Spurs having just two games on this week, both low volume, but added in an extra 3%. He needs to be rostered, I think, Devin Vassell, in every single league. So make sure if he's on your waiver wire that you go and add him. And then in terms of the top drops, Kaminsky down 20%. Absolutely, get rid of him. The wave pool, De'Anthony Melton down almost 8%. I do think it's time to drop him. I think you get more value streaming that spot. Daniel Tice down 6 yes. Don't Don Hunter down 6 yes. Chris Boucher down 5 yep, drop him. Joe Harris down 5%, should have been dropped already. Drew Eubanks down 5 Pertle might be back on Thursday. If you need a spot, you can drop Eubanks. And then uh, the big sneeze, Precious Achua, down by 4.5%. I think he can be dropped pretty safely in 12 and 14 and maybe 16 team leagues. I don't even know if he maintains a rotation spot when the uh, Raptors get, uh, when they get healthy. The game, first game of the day, the Golden State Warriors and the Brooklyn Nets. The Warriors just amazing, really. They just thumped them. I thought the Nets would win this game. Like that was one of my bets on the Yahoo article today. Yeah, it did not work out well at all. It was pretty close at halftime, and the Warriors just said, "Nah, we're going to kick your ass," and they did on the road. Twenty plus points, like well, not twenty plus points. Sorry, eighteen points. One seventeen ninety nine. Is that yeah, eighteen points? It's just a um, it's just an insane, an insane way that they're playing at the moment. It's so fun. They're one of the most fun teams in the league, and they're, they're still going to get Clay back. Who knows what Clay's going to be, but Clay's Clay, man. He's getting him back. Curry was ridiculous. 37 points, nine triples, nine. Seven rebounds, five assists, two steals, and a block on 63% shooting. All right, someone asked me this. Curry's the number one player in fantasy, by the way, now. He had 60 fantasy points. Someone asked me this today. Is Steph Curry a top 10 player of all time? What do you think, for a start? If you're watching on YouTube, drop it in the comments, drop it in the chat. I think yes. I think he is. He's unbelievable. I think he has to be, honestly. Um, Draymond hit a three. 11, 6, and 8 in 29 minutes. Wiggins went bananas. He had like, what, 12 points in five minutes or something at the end of the second quarter. 19 points with two threes there on high efficiency. Jordy Poole had 17, 4, and 4. Didn't even hit a three. Got to the line six times. So after Andre Iguodala said, hey, we love Jordan, but he needs to get to the uh, line more. 
he's getting to the line like every game, like a ton now. It's been a big change. He's been great. Looney had two blocks in his 14 minutes. John Kaminga, I thought, was really, really active. 19 minutes, seven and six. Abs- Deep leagues need to watch Kaminga, I think, because I think he's going to take Otto Porter's rotation minutes at some point. He's already taken one Toscano Anderson's. He's, he's a name to watch. I don't think he's going to be a 12-team league guy, but he's, he's playing really good defense. Now, sometimes he's out of control with the turnovers, but he's worth looking at. The Mitten, the Doctor, Gary Payton, 6-5 and five with a steal. He's a nice steal streamer, but he is rostered still in far too many 12-team leagues. I think he can't be much more than a streamer. On to the Nets. Jim Harden, 11 trips to the line. That's great. 24-4-4. Four four. He's the seventh-ranked player this season, so you know, we're getting back to where we need to be. The Shark, Bruce Brown. Went bananas to start this game. Baby shark, do, 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 do. 14 points in 27 minutes, but three steals. And those 14 points all came in the first half. He had 75% shooting, still low usage. He's not going to be a guy that ramps up usage because Joe Harris is out. If you want him for his steals, that's fine, but don't add him because Harris is gone. Kevin Durant was bad. Like He'd been like on fire every game, unable to miss. And in this game, couldn't hit. 32% shooting, 19-5-3. Now, that's... Not a bad game for most people, but for Durant, it is. Paddy Mills, 32 minutes, eight points, two threes. He's fine as a streamer for threes and for points while Harris is out, but I do not think he's a must-roster guy. Griffin had four points. And then let's talk about LaMarcus Aldridge. Didn't play at all in the first half. Go, okay, what's going on here? Are they just resting him and not telling us? Is it a coaching thing because he's getting cooked? Because we, they worry about how you get, he gets cooked against the Warriors. And then when they were down 15, Steve Nash put him in. And he looked shocking. He looked dreadful in this game. Now, it's a horrible matchup. These sort of slow-ass big men get killed against the Warriors. And that's exactly what happened to Aldridge. So don't drop him based on this. But we knew that what he was doing at like 70-plus mid-range shooting wasn't going to be able to stick. And he's going to have some bad nights. But if you do have him, I'd be inclined to hold. It couldn't have been a worse matchup, really. Blake Griffin didn't do much at all. He's been actually quite poor this season. And Bembry played 31 minutes. He had two steals in a block. I've liked what DeAndre Bembry's done, but it's still just for deeper legs. But the Aldridge one was very, very curious to see him um, out of the rotation early on. Not that, you know, in terms of coaching, it wasn't a good matchup. And we saw that. In the pregame show today, I made a snarky comment. So, hey, guys, if you really care, Kessler Edwards was active. Well, Kessler Edwards ended up playing nine minutes and had eight points with two threes. So maybe you should have cared. I was just being a smartass. But Kessler gets in there, plays the last nine minutes of the game, which, of course, were gigantic um, garbage time minutes, which is what happens when you're getting your ass kicked by the Golden State Warriors. Basketball is back. It's better than ever. The NFL is rolling. And BetOnline has a new updated website that is also better than ever. So it remains your number one spot for all basketball and football betting. So head to the new updated desktop or use your mobile device. Sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using our promo code, which is locked on from basketball, football, the NHL, boxing, UFC, and right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all of the great offers they have for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, so let's go on to the next game, which was somehow even more of a blowout than the first one. The Utah Jazz comfortably handle the Philadelphia 76ers, 120 to 85. That's 35 points. Andre Drummond played perhaps the worst 12 minutes of basketball you'll ever see. He started. He played 12 minutes. He never came back in. He was that bad. And this is a team without Embiid. He had 6-6 six and six with a steal and a block, which in 12 minutes you look at it, that's all right. It was shocking. It was so bad. Um, he is now... 
over the last two weeks, despite playing 27 minutes a night, not a top 100 player. I, I, I get that there is value in having him while Embiid is out. I just don't think that you can bother uh, holding him for, you know, waiting for more Embiid absences. Hold him now, sure. When Embiid comes back, I don't believe in, in a daily changes format, I don't believe in handcuffing. Weekly changes, um, Roto League, game cap, games cap, sure, no worries. Toby Harris had 12 points, while Tyrese Maxey uh, had 16 points with two threes. Another really high efficiency night from Maxey Walker. He had 16 points on 50% three-point shooting. The three-point percentage is through the roof. Embiid is going to hurt his usage, and this percentage is going to come down. Your sell-high window is it's a jar by a real bee's dick. Like You've got a little bit left. Try and execute it. I saw someone today, and I wish I could remember the trade they told me, but they traded away Tyrese Maxey for, let's say, I don't know, somebody good. I wish I could remember the actual trade. It was an it was an astonishing deal um, to me, and that was just a pointless story that went nowhere. Sorry, I apologize. Shake Milton. Milton started with Danny Green out. He had 18 points, which is fine. Took 19 shots to get there. He is not a 12-team league guy. He's getting extra run with all the injuries. Do not worry about him long-term. You could drop Ferky from Turkey, six points in 34 minutes. He's still rostered in a bunch of 12-team leagues. Get rid of him. You can drop George Niang, who had seven points in 30 minutes. These guys, their value's done. Like, it's just not there anymore with Harris back, and then Thibault's going to be back, and then Embiid's going to be back. Um, and I, don't, I was going to say Simmons is going to be back. He's probably not. But these guys, they're not having that 12-team league value. On the Jazz... Boyan Bogdanovich had 27 points with six rebounds. That's great. He's been very up and down, but good to get a nice night from him. While Gobert had 15 and 17 with four blocks. Only had four blocks in about the first eight minutes. Good game from Gobert, apart from the nonsense from the free throw line. Conley had 13 points and seven assists, but Don Mitchell wasn't at his best. 13 points, 12 shots, a triple one, only three assists. Um, but again, this is just such a blowout. I don't know how much we can really gain out of looking at this. I know that Royce O'Neal's roster percentage is really high, He's great for days like this, and his ranking tells you, oh, yeah, he's like 121st ranked player. Like, that's all well and good. But there's no upside in him, and he's might be, what, your 11th best player? 12th best player? In general, I'd just rather use that slot for streaming to find the next Tyrese Maxi, Cole Anthony, Chemezi Metu, Devin Vassell, who we'll talk about soon. That's what you use that spot for rather than a guy who plods along at 130th best player pace. He's fine to have. I just don't think the strategy at this point of the season is to hold on to blokes like that. Uh, good guy. Good girl. Good guy. Good game from Jordan Clarkson. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. In terms of the fact that he had 20 points, it did take 20 shots to get there. And in true Jordan Clarkson style, there was one assist, zero steals, zero blocks. But seven rebounds is nice. He's been like, all right. But 172nd ranked player this year. It's not worth holding under all circumstances. I don't believe that he is 100% a must-roster guy. Well, Joe Ingles should not be rostered in 12-team leagues. He had seven assists, but shot 17%. He's well off the pace of where he would normally be. He does not deserve... Sorry, Joe. Love you. Not, does not deserve a spot on a 12-team league uh, fantasy roster at this point in his career. All right, so let's go to the last game of the night. Another game that wasn't particularly close, but when you compare it to the other games, yeah, it was. The Spurs lose to the Clippers 92-106. DeJounte Murray continued his massive run. 26-12, and 12, 9 assists and 3 steals. He's been one of the breakout stars of this season. He's almost a top 20 player for the year. I'm not sure he's not going to continue it. I think he might be at least top 30 the rest of the way. He's been amazing. We didn't know who would take the reins on this Spurs team, but it's clearly been him. Um, but in other news, 
Is he dead or is he alive? Maximum Derek. He's alive. 32 minutes for Derek White, 19 points, 57%. He still only hit 25% from three, but we were talking about just how horrendous his percentages were. Now, he didn't do much else. Three rebounds, three assists, and a steal. That's not particularly great. But getting a night where at least he takes shots and he hits them is a massive win from where he'd been. And despite these struggles, he's still a top 80 player this year. Uh, actually, that's not true. My bad. He's a top 100, 100 player this year. I was looking at the wrong thing. That's not great. But when you look at something, you can see, well, there's clear ways for this to get better. That, that is encouraging. It's all about getting the minutes and keeping the usage up. And today's a good step in that direction. Keldon Johnson added a couple of points late. He ended with 10 points, two triples, five rebounds, three assists, a steal on a block, which is nice overall production for him. I still don't think that he's got particularly high upside, but he probably should be at least on a 12-team roster somewhere. I wouldn't be super prioritizing him, but he should be on a roster somewhere. While Drew Eubanks had eight and 10. Pirtle could be back next game. And if you want to take a flyer on dropping, uh, on getting someone like a Chemezi Metu, Eubanks is a perfect guy to drop. There's only one more game for the Spurs this week. While Thad Young, I would probably soft hold him 10, 4, and 5 with two steals. I don't know what the hell is going to happen when um, Pirtle returns, but he's been solid. It was a stinker from the Vars himself, Devin Vassell. Two points in 19 minutes. Just a shocking game. Low minutes, low attempts, low scoring, low production. One of the worst games that he's had. Like, he's a top 80 player over the last two weeks. This is a stinker. I would still hold him, though. Well, Lonnie Walker had four points. I wouldn't hold him. And uh, Dougie McDurd had seven in 29 minutes. We also got a 12-minute zero-point cameo from Bryn Forbes for, I don't know, a reason or two. For the Clippers, they had everyone out. Noah Barker, Winslow, Kawhi, Marcus Morris, Terrence Mann, Jason Preston, Keon Johnson. So weird rotation. Paul George was still there, and that's what matters. 34 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists, and 2 steals. While Reggie Jackson shot a lot of times, 22 times in fact, ended with 21 points and 5 threes and 2 blocks, and continues to play at a pretty high level, despite sometimes the field goal inefficiency stuff. Zubat's got to 31 minutes with the Barker out, 8 points and 13 rebounds. He is providing nice 12-team league value. Whether it maintains, I don't know, but he is providing that at the moment. Well, BJ Boston, 20 minutes for BJ, 13 points, two threes. Now, some might say that 20 minutes might be too long for BJ, but in a game that was a bit of a blowout at the end, and with all those absences, he did all right. He is absolutely a name to watch in Dynasty Leagues. I think he's got something. There's something there. 30 minutes for Eric Bledsoe. He should be on a roster. 11 points, 6 rebounds, and 3 steals. But it was a very, very strange game from Nick Batum. 7 minutes in the first half. 7 minutes in the second half. Looked like he had some sort of foot problem. And they were working on that. But then he started the second half. And then only played 7 minutes. Watch the injury report there on Batum to see if something crops up. An absolutely horrendous night. 0 points. 2 assists and a rebound. Like, that's a stinker. But he's been top 50 over the last 2 weeks. So, we'll... Excuse it, we'll assume there's an injury, and we'll see what happens. The Duck, Lucanard, had seven points in his 31 minutes, while Hartenstein had seven and four in 17 minutes. But overall, let's be fair, a pretty shitty day in the NBA with not much really compelling going on in terms of uh, competitiveness. The first game was a cracker, though, to see uh, Steph absolutely dismantle the Brooklyn Nets. And let's talk now, lines of the night. The monstrous one of those goes to Steph, of course. He was, um, he was amazing. He was the monstrous line of the night. The waiver wire line of the night is the Shark, Bruce Brown. He's a streamer, not a 12-team must roster. The young gun is Tyrese Maxey. Not many uh, young players doing particularly well today. While the dud of the night goes to LaMarcus Aldridge. Nick Batum was hot on his heels for that one. And let's look at the top players for nine category leagues today. Um, Steph at one, DeJounte at two. 
Paul George, three. Boyan Bogdanovich at four. Draymond was at five. Reggie Jackson at six. James Harden at seven. Toby, uh, Rudy Gobert at eight. Toby Harris at nine. And Bruce Brown at 10. And then your top players who are rostered in under 50% of leagues. Brown, Eubanks. Talked about him just now. BJ Boston. Canard, Boston, obviously we're not rostering him outside of Dynasty. Canard's a 12-team option. Mills is a 12-team streamer. Then Eric Paschal, Joe Ingles, Kavon Looney, Andre Iguodala, and Amir Coffey. And lastly, in points leagues, number one was Steph, DeJounte two, Paul George three, Gobert four, Reggie Jackson five, Boyan six, Bruce Brown seven, Toby Harris eight, Draymond Green at nine, and Jimmy Harden comes in at number 10. That will do it for us today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. We've got new hosts for Locked On Warriors as well. Check that out. Dita Curtinbuck uh, hosting uh, the Golden State Warriors. What's that one I want to talk about? The Locked On Warriors podcast uh, along with Caesar. So go and check out Locked On Warriors and follow this show. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Give us a thumbs up. Leave the uh, comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. One last thing, kids, cover your ears. The Staples Center has been renamed to Crypto.com Center. I do not give a fuck. Bye.